There were sunny days, clouds kept far away in late December 2017 when the MacArthur Foundation awarded a $100 million grant to Sesame Workshop and the International Rescue Committee to educate young children displaced by conflict and persecution in the Middle East. To dive deeper into this work, we asked ourselves, who are the people in our neighborhood? that do similar work, and we're beyond fortunate to have Harvard Ed School professor and refugee expert Sarah Dryden-Peterson here, helping facilitate a conversation with two new friends, Sherry Weston, Sesame Workshop's Executive Vice President of Global Impact and Philanthropy, and our first Muppet on the EdCast, the furry monster of the hour, a timeless childhood pal of both me, a 35-year-old man, and my 10-month-old daughter, no last name necessary. The birthday boy himself. He's red, he's furry, and ticklish. Welcome to the EdCast, Elmo. Hello, thank you for having us. Thank Hi. you so much. We're thrilled to be here. Yeah. Happy birthday, Elmo. Oh, thank you. How old are you? Three and a half. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. You know, I was told that you work with refugee children and families, and I do too. Oh, you, really? I do. Yeah, that's really special. I hear you visited a refugee camp last year, is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah, um, you know, Elmo went with Miss Sherry. We did, yeah, indeed. We, we, we went, went to, to Zaatri uh, Refugee Camp in Jordan. Yeah, and we got to visit a school and, and read books uh, and, and meet lots of new friends. And they were from Syria. And what did your new friends tell you about their lives? Well, you know, um, they told Elmo that they had to leave their homes in Syria because it wasn't safe. It was very sad. Yeah. Mm. But, but yeah. I have to say, having... Uh, been there with Elmo. There was nothing better than seeing children just light up meeting Elmo. Yeah. They they loved playing with you, didn't they, Elmo? Well, we had a good time. Yes. <laughs> they were really friendly. What, one of my favorite parts about meeting new people is that you get to ask questions and learn from them. What right. were some of the questions that the kids asked you when you visited them in Jordan? Um, well, some, some of the kids asked um, uh, uh, if Elmo's ticklish, and Elmo said yes. And um, <laughs> let's see, what else did they ask? Not much, really, you know. They, they noticed that Elmo had fur, and that they didn't have fur. But um, Elmo taught them that everybody is really pretty much the same. Right. Even though they didn't have red fur, you found all sorts of things you had in common, yeah, right? Yeah, we had to play the same games, and Elmo learned some new games and songs. Yeah, it was really cool. And what would you like kids in the United States to know about your new friends? Well, Elmo just wants everybody to be kind to each other. You know, it's important to treat people the way that you would like to be treated. Well, and I think you also, you told me that you loved seeing that you had um, more in common than, than differences. Well, like we were saying too. about the, the fur, because yes. I think a lot of people think children there may be very different, but they all love to learn and play and, right, Elmo? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Sherry, so many of these children who've had to leave their home are really looking for this joy that Elmo's talking about and have experienced really hard times and, and are, have been exposed to trauma. Can you tell me more about what Sesame Workshop is doing on these issues? Yes, because you know, um, it's understandable. You can imagine what these children have been through, but we know that when children experience adverse childhood ex experiences, which are called ACEs, whether that's displacement, um, the horrible things these children have witnessed who have had to flee because of conflict in their own country, but even in the U.S. when we work with children um, in low-income communities to try to give them tools, there are many similar issues where children are overcoming 
um, what's called toxic stress. And it, we know from the brain science um, how detrimental that can be to a child's development if they have prolonged exposure to stress. And I think what's so interesting is what we're doing for the refugee children is very similar to what we do in a program here at home called Sesame Street and Communities. And it's by partnering with those direct service providers. In the region, it's the IRC. And going in and doing home visitations, reaching those caregivers and giving them tools to engage with children and to help build resilient skills. Just like we do in the United States, partnering with organizations like Nurse Family Partnership. So what a child needs to overcome stress and trauma is the same, whether it's in the Middle East or here at home. And what's so important is that nurturing care and an engagement with a caring adult. And believe it or not, that's where Sesame comes in so um, beautifully because we are engaging to adults as well as children and we are less intimidating. And so we're able to create this great content that gives parents strategies to connect with children. Elmo, does anyone find you intimidating? Boy. Um, you are a monster. Well, maybe like um, dogs or something. Elmo's not very big. He's not, <laughs> he's not very intimidating. intimidating. That's why parents and children alike love him. And oh, it makes them. On. Really? Yeah, oh, it's true. Well. That's very nice. Now, Elmo doesn't think Elmo's intimidating. Do you think I, so? I think no, that's the no, magic no, of Sesame. No, that makes you special. Yeah. Um, one of the things that is so clear to me about the Sesame Workshop is this idea of welcome, and that welcome takes more than just one person, more than just Elmo, but a whole community. Um, and I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about how you hope people who have not had the experience of being a refugee, children who've not had the experience of a refugee, might learn about the experiences of children who have been right. refugees and what kind of community that might create. Well, it's such a wonderful point because one of the things in this initiative but that MacArthur has granted us this uh, generous funding for is to reach Syrian refugee children in the four countries. It's Syria, it's Lebanon, it's Jordan, and Iraq. But we know that most displaced children and families are not actually in refugee camps, mm -hmm. but they're living in host communities. And so the fact that they'll be side by side with their new neighbors allows us to do programming that not only teaches the basics, you know, literacy and numeracy and the social emotional skills, but also models that inclusion, respect for differences, um, understanding. And I could even vision, we're not spoiler alert here, it's not, but we're, but you know, we would, we'll create new characters and, and more than likely there'll be characters with storylines they can relate to. Perhaps a Muppet who had to leave their home but becomes best friends with uh, a local character who's Jordanian or Lebanese. So it's all about modeling that importance of community acceptance and understanding. One of the things we find in our work more than anything is that refugee children and their families really are looking for hope and looking to build a future that, um, that they had once imagined and then all of a sudden can't imagine when they need to leave their homes. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how Elmo and the Sesame Workshop will try to build that future? Well, I think that is one of the, the great advantages of Sesame, is that when we do our programming, you see that it brings joy and hope and love of learning. And these children are, as Elmo said, the same. They want to learn, they want to play. But when you look at what these families have been through, there, A, is not a lot of um, programming focused on the youngest refugees. And B, these families have been through so much stress themselves that even going in and providing Sesame content and training to help adults engage with children in those early years is critical. 
Um, the other thing I would say is that, you know, we know that less than 2% of all humanitarian aid goes to early education, to education at all, a sliver of that to early education. So it's ironic that as stressful and difficult as it would be to be displaced for every member of the family, that those who are impacted the most, you know, because of the, the impact of stress on a child in those critical early years, receive the least. So we do believe that with the IRC and SESME, reaching early years, reaching children who have been displaced in those critical years, that we will be able to transform the way that we respond to refugee crisis for the future, whether it's in the Middle East or Sub-Saharan Africa or Bangladesh, because it really is a model um, to call to attention this incredible void and the opportunity, as you say, to bring hope and education so these children have a path forward. What brings you hope, Elmo? Boy, Elmo didn't expect that question. <laughs> what brings Elmo hope? Well, Elmo just thinks that um, it's really important to be kind to your neighbor. That's what Elmo's mommy and daddy taught them. And um, Elmo sees lots of grown-ups in his life that are nice to other grown-ups, and that makes Elmo hopeful. You know, Sherry, one of the things that I've noticed recently is that often this word refugee is kind of thrown around as if it were a bad word. But I always think about the word refugee as meaning sanctuary and home and belonging. And I know that's one of the things, like Elmo, you've just said that the Sesame Workshop is so focused on these ideas of home and belonging. How do you hope this new work will help kids and refugee kids in particular feel a sense of belonging? Well, you know, Sesame has had a long history at um, looking at some of the press, most pressing issues affecting children around the world. And whether that was HIV and AIDS in South Africa or autism here at home, girls' education in Afghanistan. So what brought us to the refugee issue was the sheer number of mm -hmm. children that are displaced today, more than any other time, as you well know, since, since World War too. And so we knew we had a role to play. Um, we also knew we couldn't do it alone. But we have done a lot of work in developing countries, in the Middle East in particular, where we create local content. So it's in their language and their culture, reflecting children's realities to reach children who need us most. So the mere um, point about refugee was we knew they had been, they had left behind everything they'd known any schooling, and these children have such great needs, and we have a role we can play to really fill that void. Where do you feel most at home, Elmo? At home. <laughs> and, um, well, you know, Elmo really likes Sesame Street because there's lots of really cool people there. And you know what's kind of cool about Sesame Street, too, is that everybody is different there, too. But That's the same true. as well. Right? Yeah. Can mm -hmm. you tell me about your friends on Sesame Street? Oh, sure. Um, you know, there's Big Bird, he's big. Um, let's see, there's Oscar, he's still grouchy, um, and Elmo's mommy and daddy live there too. Yeah, it's a really cool place. And you know, Elmo has friends around the world, like you, who are some of your friends in the region? Like Tauntaun? Tauntaun? That, that are Muppets that you may not recognize or know, but they are created in the productions, in the adaptations yeah. around the world. So mm -hmm. as much as we love seeing this universal appeal of Muppets, it's also a great opportunity when we can create um, characters who are, you know, reflect those children's realities and they can really identify with seeing themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting that a lot of people associate Sesame with a, just a TV show and you're not just on TV anymore and you're not just a TV show. All the myriad of things that, Elmo, where you appear everywhere. Oh, wait, Elmo's here right now. It's very exciting. 
No, it's true. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a good point because it's, it's no longer just TV. It's every digital platform imaginable. But I think people often think of Sesame as the U.S. television show, and they have no idea we do these local productions in places like India, Afghanistan, throughout the Middle East. And I think, again, the fact that we create sort of targeted initiatives to address some of the most pressing issues, as you point out, the refugees, is something that we've been doing you know, for decades, but I think people know us best for the U.S. show. Mm. It's wonderful, Elmo, that you get to be in all these different contexts and learn. Yeah, Elmo feels really special that he gets to meet all these new people and, and learn lots of different things. It's a good life. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. Elmo does a lot of good. Ah, oh, well, thank you. You too, Michelle. Where can people find out more? They're going to finish this podcast and want to go and do good, be hopeful, and be good to their mom and dad and, and their family. Uh, what do you think is a good call to action once this podcast ends? Well, they can go to sesameworkshop.org slash refugee. I think, as you pointed out earlier, so many people think of Sesame as a television show alone, and they may not realize we're a nonprofit organization always have been. So we would love for them to learn more, to support this work, and if it raises awareness of the importance and the needs of these children, that's a great thing. Yeah, what did Sherry say? <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday to you, Thank Elmo. You. Happy you. birthday. And that's the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber, with Sarah Dryden-Peterson. Thank you kindly for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>